Amen. God's so good, isn't he? He's faithful. So thankful that we could be together. My name is Pastor Chris, and, and uh, we're so glad that you're here with us. And um, if you're a guest here, can we give it up for the guests that are present with us today? Uh, I think we have a lot of guests in the house today. I hope that you enjoy uh, the gift that you've received. I hope we have a chance to greet you after service and say hello and get to know you. Uh, we're excited about what God's doing in this season. Uh, if you've been coming to Evangel for any period of time, you could recognize that God's been doing something unique and different in this season that we're in. We believe it has so much to do with prayer, and it has to do with the things that we've committed ourselves to, and that we're excited for that. And so, church, please continue to pray. Join us on Wednesday night for our prayer meeting. Um, we're going to be meeting in a different location this Wednesday night. We're going to be back up in the chapel where this whole thing began for us uh, a year ago as we kicked off the prayer meeting on Wednesday nights, and uh, we're looking just filling in that space and seeking the Lord. Let's continue to pray for Team Lebanon as they're touching, as they're in the air right now and they're getting ready to touch down. Um, aren't you thankful for what God's doing in missions through Evangel Church? Isn't it exciting? I want to acknowledge one of our partners. Uh, I think about five years ago, we started partnering with an incredible organization called World Help. And World Help uh, has been a strategic partner of ours since then. We've been in Uganda with them, doing a village transformation. And we're also currently in Guatemala with them, doing a village transformation. And Donna from World Help is here with us today. Donna, would you stand up? We want to say hello to you. We're glad to have you with us. And she is, uh, she's really a part of their organization that's meant to really connect with us here. And uh, she helps with all of our teams and make sure that we're, we're all well. And I know that you are spending some time with our teams. Thank you for the investment that you guys make in, uh, in our teams. And we're excited to partner with you guys in the work that God's doing. Amen? Well, we're in a series, and the title of this series is Moving Mountains. Have you been encouraged so far during this series, church family? I think the Lord's been speaking to us. He's been leading us in his word. Um, as a church, we believe in the word of God. We believe God's word holds power. We believe that God has made promises through his word and that as we put our faith and our trust in the Lord, we can take hold of those promises and we can see that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if he's said that to be true in his word, then we, we hold on to that, especially the words of Jesus, things that Jesus said and he declared. We say yes and amen to those things, and we want them to be a reality in our lives as we follow him. And that's the premise behind this series. Jesus said on three occasions in his uh, in his discussion with his disciples, he said, if you believe, if you put your trust in me, you can even ask and speak to a mountain, say, be moved into the sea, and it will happen. There's this power to trusting in Jesus. There's this power to leaning on him in faith that we could see God do abundantly more than we could ever hope, dream, or imagine. And so that's the title behind this series of moving mountains is that we want to have faith that moves mountains. How many of you still believe our God can move mountains today? That he's still the God who heals. He's still the God that delivers. He's still the God that sets free. We have people in this room that are living proof of that. That you've seen God work and move and do miracles in our midst. Well, in the midst of this series, as we were preparing to preach it, I had someone come up to me. And they said, Pastor, you know, I'm excited about the series that's coming up. But I want to ask you if you would do something. Would you please preach a message that what happens when the mountain doesn't move? What happens when we pray for the breakthrough and it doesn't happen the way we want it to happen? What do we do when we ask and a child that's a few days or a few weeks old passes away, although we fasted and we prayed and we've done every, everything the Lord has said to do in his word, and still we saw loss? Has anyone ever been there before? 
We don't like to talk about that in church. We have to talk about this too. Are you with me? I want you to know when we talk about faith, it's not just a faith that lifts you to mountaintops. But if we want to have a faith that's going to bring us to the end of our life, that we will hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant, we need a faith that can carry us through the valleys. We need a faith that can sustain us in the wilderness. So today, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about something that's hard to talk about because it's part of the struggle as we're going through life. We will come to a place of trouble. We will come to a wilderness. We will come to a place in a day of difficulty. And if we don't have the faith that takes hold of God in those moments, then we will be stuck there. We could lose our faith in the valley. Hear me. You can die in the wilderness and you can keep showing up to church like everything's okay, but your faith is dead. But I believe God has something he wants to do today. And all we can do is I believe we can reach out and we can take hold of a promise of his in his word today. And we can ask for the help of his Holy Spirit to make this word alive, to make this the truth and reality of what we're going to experience. And so today, I want to invite you. We're going to do something a little different. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? We're going to read God's word. And I believe so deep in my heart that this word right here is, is a part of what God wants to speak to our hearts about, and it's the work of transformation that he wants to do in us and through us, that he wants to bring life where there's been death for some. He wants to do a work of transformation, and he wants there to be a turning and a transforming inside of our hearts of healing that only he can bring. So I'm going to read this prophecy. It's a promise that God makes to his people, to Israel, in Hosea chapter 2, verse 15, and I want to read it, and I want you just to hear this, and then we're going to pray about it, okay? Here's what the Lord says. I will return her vineyards to her and transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. And she will give herself to me there as she did long ago when she was young, when I freed her from her captivity in Egypt. Would you close your eyes with me this morning? And would you just hear that word where the Lord says, I'm going to give her vineyards back to her. What had death is now going to have life again. And I will transform the valley of trouble, the valley of Achor, into a gateway of hope. And then she'll turn her heart back to me. So today, some of you have been or are in the valley of trouble. And the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us right now through his word, I'm ready to do a work of transformation. I'm ready to bring hope where there's only been despair. I'm, re I'm ready to bring beauty where there's been ashes. I'm ready to bring a joy where there's been nothing but weeping. But today, if you're ready to receive that, if you say, Lord, that's me, I need to take hold of this word. I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know when, but Lord, I need this. I want you just to lift your hands to heaven right now, and we're just going to pray for just a moment. Oh, Lord, you're here. Lord, you're among us today, Lord God, and you know every heart and every life and every circumstance. And today, Lord, we're asking for your word that's living and active to become alive today in our hearts. Holy Spirit, would you speak this word into the depths of our heart? And more than that, would you make the promise a reality in our lives today, we pray. So, Lord, we take hold of it today, Lord God. We speak to those that are in the midst of this trouble, Lord, that your word would pierce through all the chatter, pierce through all the pain, pierce through all the uncertainty, pierce through all the questions, and you'll do a work of revival, of resurrection, of healing, Lord God, in your house today. Come by the power of your spirit and speak this word to our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Amen. Are we ready? You can be seated. Amen. So let's talk about the Valley of Trouble, church. The Valley of Trouble, have you ever been there? 
when we prayed the prayers and we said everything we could say and prayed everything we could pray and we haven't seen the breakthrough we've hoped for. Whenever we've asked and we've sought and we've knocked and it's gone the completely opposite direction. I've talked to someone very, that I'm very close with and uh, this family, they lost their child just a few weeks into their child's life, 26 days after he was born, he went to be with the Lord. They had prayed, they had fasted, they had sought the Lord, they had cried. They had have churches that were lifting up. I'm sure we as well, I wasn't here on staff at the time, but I'm sure this church was lifting uh, this child before the Lord. And as that child passed away, there was just such a, such a why, such a, such a pain, such a grief, so full. Just over a month or so ago, we had a family that went through a very similar situation. Just a few days into this child's life, the child was lost suddenly. And in those moments, after you've prayed and after you've cried and after you've come, there could be such pain in our hearts. Are you with me, church? Do you get it? This is the real stuff. This is where our faith hits the road. This is where the rubber meets the road. When there's times when what we've prayed for isn't what we're seeing. And whenever we just don't understand it and we're frustrated and we have questions and we don't know what to do with it. And I'm not sure as a church if we're good enough as a church at large at addressing that. And sometimes we sweep it away, but sometimes, you know what happens? People become so broken and so disappointed that they just fall away from the faith. They stop trusting God. They can't come back. They reach a point of no return. The pain is so deep. The the disappointment is so great that they don't know what to do. I want to talk about the valley of trouble. That's the valley of trouble today. You know, a valley is a very low place. Do you know what it's formed by? It's formed often by erosion when there's just an eroding away. And I really believe that the difficulties and the troubles that come in this life, they have a way of eroding away at us. Do you get it? They have a way of just stripping away. It's almost as if they're just coming against the faith and the trust and the joy of the Lord that's within us, and they'll just eat away at that. Another way that mountains and valleys are formed is through tectonic plates that are under the earth's surface that will come together, and at those pinch points, at those points of tension, they they will rise up. These mountains have been formed. It's through volcanoes and eruptions. It's through all of this stuff that these valleys and these mountains are formed. And I think about that. I think about the tension and the pain that often is accompanied with the mountains that stand in front of us and the valleys that we find ourselves in. When we cry out and we feel like nothing's happening. The valley's a very vulnerable place because it's a low place. If you know anything about warfare, if you know anything about a battle, you know what you want to have if you want to win the battle. You want to have the high ground. Have you ever heard that before? You want to try to secure the high ground. You want to be up in the high places, in the heights, not in the low places. You're too vulnerable. You know why? Because half the fight in the low places is just getting yourself out of there. You're using so much of your strength just to claw yourself up the hill. It's like you're trying to move a boulder up a hillside. So often, the one who has the high ground is the one who has the victory. So when we find ourselves in the valley of trouble, we're just lying in wait. And you know what the enemy knows? He knows the vulnerability that comes with the valleys. And he knows the valleys exist because we live in a broken, fallen, sinful world where things like sickness and disease and all kinds of things that were never part of God's original plan in the garden. You know that, right? This wasn't a plan God originally had. There's a brokenness that has overcome this world because of sin that we are seeing, that we experience, that we still have to touch and feel until we get to his presence one day. Whenever he makes all things new, we're going to live in the reality of this brokenness. 
You know, the Lord spoke to my heart. I was reading, again, Jesus' words recently. When Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find a people that will trust him? That's a lot what this series is about. But you know, the Lord gave me new eyes for that verse. I see it, and when I hear that verse, I feel like I'm hearing a rebuke of Jesus. Like, come on, you guys just got to have faith. You got to trust me. Will there be faith? And this time, as I, as I heard the words of Jesus, I felt like the Spirit of God was speaking to my heart that it wasn't just a rebuking word. It was a genuine concern. You know why? Because the Lord knows. He knows how broken this world is. He knows how fallen it is. When he looks, he isn't just angry. He looks with compassion in his heart. He sees the condition. He knows the beginning from the end. He's the alpha and the omega. And when he looks out over the world and what we would have to endure as his followers, I think the genuine concern on the heart of our Savior is this. Will there still be any faith left? Will the troubles, will the difficulty, will the pain... Will the disappointments, will they, will they zap the, the, the faith right out of my people when I come back? Will there just be a lot of big buildings and big crowds, but no faith left? And so we need moments like this, church. This is where faith is developed. This is where, this is where, this is where we truly can allow our faith to be transformed and strengthened. It's in the place of the valley. You know, Billy Graham once said that it's, on the mountaintops that we can be inspired, but it's in the valleys where fruit is really grown. You know, many of us, we don't understand this, and all the uh, students in the room and teenagers, you're going to have to ask your parents about this phenomenon, but before digital cameras, um, anyone know Kodak? You ever heard that word? Throwback word? You would take, there would be these things called disposable cameras. You buy a camera, and then after you, you would take it, you would develop the film, then you just throw the camera away. Doesn't that sound like a waste? But that's what you would do. Now, for that film, when you took the camera or you took the film out of it, for that to actually become a photo, it had to be taken away into the dark and developed in darkness. And out of that, if it was developed correctly in darkness and the colors are vibrant and clear and crisp, I think the same can happen in the valleys that we can walk into a very dark place. But if we allow the Lord to do what only he can do in the valley, then he can develop something within us that's precious and beautiful and better. And, um, and so in the valley of trouble, it's a valley where there are a lot of things there. It's like the enemy has set booby traps all around the valley. He set up so many snares to catch you and to keep you stuck right there. I'm convinced that there are people in God's house today, sitting in pews today, that you've kept showing up to church, but you're still stuck in a valley from five or ten years ago. You've never healed from a pain that's happened that you haven't been able to comprehend. And you come to church and you show up and you sing the songs, but your heart isn't fully yet engaged again. You're holding God in an arm's distance. You're having trouble trusting him. Can we be real in God's house today? It's because of what's happening in the valley. You know, I want you to know that if you believed someone, if they told you, because I know that people talk like this, if you come to God, then all your problems are going to go away. You put your faith in Jesus, there will never be another issue in your life. That's not the gospel, my friends. That's not the message Jesus preached. You want to know what Jesus said? In this life, you will have trouble. He said, you're going to have it. You will have trouble. But then, you know what he said? He didn't leave it right there. But take heart, take courage, for I have overcome this world. You know what he said? He said, you're going to have trouble, but don't worry because I've already overcome it. I've already, come, I've already conquered it. I'm already victorious. So you don't have to be afraid. You could take heart. You can be courageous. But don't be surprised if you're having trouble. 
you're going to have trouble in this life. But in the valley, when we're in that day of trouble, that day of difficulty, that day of despair, it's hard to see all that. It's hard to understand it. If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. You have a hard time knowing which way is up, and you have a hard time looking and seeing God's hand in the midst of any of it. That's when I love to go to the Psalms, because I believe that the Psalms are some of the most real expressions of humanity that are found in all of Scripture. Yes, there's such beautiful language, but do you know this, that if you study the Psalms, one-third of them, 50 Psalms approximately out of the 150 are written about people who are hurting and in despair? People that are going through trials and storms and don't see their way out? We can see it. So, man, pain and trouble, it's a very real reality in this life. I go to Psalm 116, and I love the balance that's found here. Because there's a maintaining of the right perspective, the right posture of the heart of the psalmist. But he's very real about what's going on. He said this, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen. I will pray as long as I have breath. But now he speaks to the reality of the valley. Death wrapped its ropes around me. And the terrors of the grave overtook me. Has anyone been there before? I saw only trouble and sorrow, but then, come on somebody, then, I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. Come on, I want you to know no matter what trouble you find yourself in, no matter what valley and what pit you're in, there's nowhere you can go that's too far from God's presence. There's nowhere that's too far from your call reaching his ears. I want you to know, if you feel like you're in a valley so far, so deep away from God, just as Pastor Rick said a couple weeks ago, I think you echoed these same words, he bends down and he hears you right where you're at. Don't think he's too far from you. Here's the worst tactic the enemy wants to use to get in between you and God. He wants to use the pain, the difficulty, and he wants to keep you quiet in your pain. He wants to keep you shut up. We talked about this last week. He wants to keep you from crying out to the Lord. He wants to get you to believe something that he's always wanted people to believe since the very beginning when humanity first sinned in the garden. It was the trap that triggered all the sin that we see in brokenness in this world. Here's what it is. It's not a piece of fruit on a tree. That's not the sin. I want you to know that. It's not that they grabbed a piece of fruit somewhere. It's not that they tried to go and they, they were eating the special fruit. Here's what the real part is, that they believed something in their heart, that God was less than who he said he was, that he was less than good, that he was holding back from them, that they knew better than him. That's what happened. Their hearts and their minds, they elevated themselves above God. And God said, don't eat from this tree. And they said, who are you to tell us not to eat from this tree? When the enemy came in with lies and whispers and deceit, he said, did God really say that you can't eat from any tree in this garden? Did God really, is he really that withholding? Is he really that bad? Is he really that unfair that he wouldn't let you enjoy all this? Because when you eat of this fruit, then you're really going to see things right. Come on, the enemy's been speaking the same words to you. They just sounded a little different, but he's been speaking the same idea to you. In the valley, do you know what he's trying to do? He's trying to trip you up, and he wants you to get you to believe that God is not good, that God is not faithful, that God is not a God who answers you, that God doesn't care about you or love you as much as he loves someone else who he's come through for in your eyes. Well, you did it for them, but you didn't do it for me, Lord God. 
The enemy wants to come and he wants to have a field day. Do you know when he's doing all that? He's doing it in the valley of trouble. Do you want to know what grows in the valley? Disappointment. Disappointment grows in the valley. That there could be a disappointment that when you touch up against it, when you experience it, it does so much. Do you know what disappointment does in our lives? When we become disappointed with someone, it creates distance instantly. Have you ever done that before? You've come up and whether it was well-meaning or not or you just accidentally did something but you disappointed someone, you know what happens? It's like in your heart you take a little bit of a step back from them. Next time you come, you're going to be a little bit more guarded. Now they disappointed you again and again and again. And before long, there's such a distance between you and them. Now, what's so sad is sometimes there are disappointments that happen, and it's not because someone's done something wrong. It's because there were wrong expectations in the first place. Anyone know what I'm talking about? We've expected the wrong things, and we're getting disappointed in them. They have no idea what's going on. They meant nothing wrong by it, but, but this distance has happened. There's already been a fracture in the relationship. Eventually, with enough disappointment, it will lead to a disconnect. You become disappointed with someone over and over and over again. Eventually, you start to sever the relationship. You can still live in the same house. You can still be in the same workplace. You can still be in the same cubicle. You can still be there. But there's a disconnect that now exists. The relationship will never be what it once was. Is someone here hearing what I'm saying? Do you know the same thing can happen with you and the Lord? That as you come to him, if, if you allow disappointment to fill your heart, if you allow yourself to become distanced from the Lord, and every time you sense a disappointment because you didn't see God do what you were expecting him to do, and you've taken a step back, and you've taken a step back, and you're holding God in an arm's distance, that every bit of distance you're giving there, you're giving the enemy a foothold and an opportunity for him to come in and create as much havoc as he can in your life to keep you from God. Once you see this, this is played over and over and over again. It's played over and over again in God's word. It's played over and over again in our lives. We see it all the time. Do you know what else grows in the valley of trouble? Bitterness. Bitterness grows in the valley. I like to say that in the valley, we can be changed. We can become a different person. You can come out of the valley one of two ways. You can come out of the valley bitter or better. I really believe it. And it depends on what happens, on how you handle what happens in the valley. You come out of it bitter or you come out of it better. Let me show you this in Ruth chapter 1. Ruth chapter 1, we find this story about a woman named Naomi. She lost family members that were very close to her. All she could see is that the Lord did not come through. She could not understand what had happened. And as that loss hit her life and people saw her again, they called out and they said, Naomi, Naomi. And look how she responds in verse 20. She said, don't call me Naomi. Instead, call me Mara. For the Almighty has made my life very bitter for me. I went away full and the Lord has brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi? Because the Lord has made me suffer and the Almighty has sent tragedy upon me. Mara means bitter. She wanted her name to be changed. Her whole identity and essence was changed by the disappointment that she felt in the Lord. Are you hearing me today, church? Come on, that's not the only Mara that's here today is the one I'm talking about. There's someone today that the disappointment you've been carrying has begun to change your heart into a different person. But God's ready to come, and he wants to make what's bitter sweet again. He wants to make what's bitter better again. He wants to lift you out of a pit of despair and change you in his presence you're not too far. The Lord can redeem any story just as he did this. 
Doubt grows in the valley of trouble. Hopelessness grows in the valley of trouble. And we can find ourselves stuck in that valley, never coming out of it. And I want to know one of the things that will keep you in the valley longer than anything else. It's asking the wrong question in the valley. It's asking the wrong question. And the wrong question is this. Why? Why? Say, Pastor, but I think I, think I, I ought to know why. I deserve to know why. I get it. There's all kinds of things that we, we believe we deserve. I want to know why. How many of you have gone through something, and if you could just get the answer to the why, you don't know it yet, but if you just had it, you would feel a lot more peace. Come on, let me see someone's hand. I'm talking to someone today. You know what I'm talking about. And there are times that God will give you the why, and you'll get it in a short period of time. Sometimes years and months and decades later, you'll get it. But there are sometimes certain things will remain so mysterious to us that will seem so backwards that we will not get the full perspective until we enter into eternity with the Lord. And we have to understand if we're going to still trust the Lord in spite of that. Will we still hold on to him even if we don't understand him? Because I think we, we get it mixed up when we think of faith. We think faith is understanding God. It's not. It's really trusting God when we don't understand him. Come, one, the more we understand him and the more we know and the more we can anticipate what he's doing and we understand everything he's telling us to do, it requires less and less faith for us to obey him. The difficulty is when we have to trust him when we don't know what's going on. We can't see anything. But we are so fixated on knowing the big picture, aren't we? And so if we keep focused on the why, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it every time, and we're going to stay stuck. Because if we don't get the why, then we won't move. But I want you to know we have to learn to walk by faith, not by sight. We have to learn to walk by faith, not by why. Because when the Lord says go or move, our answer to him is not why. It's yes, amen. It's yes or no. It's obedience or not. It's not why, Lord. Why should I do that? It's learning to trust him and to follow him even when we don't understand him. You know, I didn't share this with the first service, but if you're taking notes today, there are a few questions that the Lord gave me a couple months ago as I was um, walking with someone. They went through a bit of a crisis and we couldn't understand what was going on. And I felt like the Lord had given me three questions to ask. And I really believe these three questions are very, very, very important questions. So if you, wanna, if you want to get yourself off the why, ask these questions to yourself. Whenever crisis comes, when you're in the valley of trouble, whenever some kind of thing sets in that you cannot understand, here, here's what you ask. Number one, what do I know? What do I know right now? What are the facts? What's going on? What do I, what do I know? Second question you ask is, what do I not know yet? What don't I know? What do I know? What don't I know? Here's the most important question. What do I believe about God right now? Are you with me? Those three questions. Here, here's what happens. Oftentimes, whenever we hit crisis, we hit difficulty, we're in the valley of trouble, we, we start to believe things that aren't real. We start to think that there are things that are happening that aren't even a fact. The enemy's given us all these lies. This happened, and before long, someone we love is sick. Before long, they're, they're, they're going to die. This, this, there's all these things, all these things we filled in the blanks with. So we have to stop and say, what do I know right now? Lord, this is what I know. This, this, this. What do I not know? I don't know why. I don't know this. I don't know that. Okay, I understand what I know and what I don't know. What do I believe about you right now, Lord? Do I still believe you're good? Do I still believe you're faithful? Because at the end of the day, that's what's going to matter. It doesn't matter what's on each of those lists. It matters what I believe about God. 
in spite of all of this that I don't understand. I'm telling you, this is where, this is where our faith takes root, church family. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where everything can change. And so instead of just focusing on the why, I lift my eyes every time and I have to focus on the who. I have to focus on the Lord. I have to fix my eyes on Jesus even when I don't understand what's happening. Even whenever I'm frustrated, even when I feel like things aren't going the way that I hoped they would. In Mark's gospel, chapter 9, we find a story where Jesus comes to a crowd of people and there's all this commotion. And when he asks them what's going on, this father speaks up and says his son has had this evil spirit on him for his whole life. And this evil spirit no, could not be healed. It couldn't be, he couldn't be delivered of it. He couldn't be set free. And before long, this evil spirit would throw him on the ground and cause him to writhe in pain and foam at the mouth and all kinds of wretched things. And he said, so I asked your disciples to cast out this spirit. And I came. This man came with faith in his heart and said, you're the followers of Jesus. I've seen you do other things. Do this. And he said, but they couldn't do it. And then he comes to Jesus and he says this. He said, the father said, the spirit throws him into fire and water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us, Jesus. Help us if you can. Pay attention to those three words. They should catch your attention because they caught the attention of our Savior. In that moment, Jesus heard something that cut through all of what the man was saying, and he heard only those three words, if you can. Jesus is like, whoa, hold on. Hold on. Jesus said, what do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person believes. Jesus said, don't, no, 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 don't. Here's what happens. And this is, C.S. Lewis said this quote, I believe. I was talking to Pastor Marsha about it between services. And I believe it was when his, when his wife was passing away. He was going through a very, he was in the valley of trouble, put it that way. And as he was there, he said, God, my greatest fear right now is not that I will stop believing in you or that you exist, because I already know you exist, but that I will begin to believe that you are less than who you really are. Are you with me? That we'll begin to believe less of God, less of our Savior. Do you want to know what happens as this father has hit all these challenges and obstacles and he's in the valley? And even his disciples, the followers of Jesus, cannot bring about deliverance for this young child. He comes to Jesus and he brings this, but he's bringing it with doubt in his heart. And he says, if you can, he's lowered his expectations of what Jesus can do. I promise you, the enemy is trying to do everything he can to get you coming out of the valley that you're walking through with a lesser expectation about who Jesus is and what he can do in your life. And if he's accomplished that, then he started to defeat you as a believer. Because if we're believers in Jesus, getting us to believe less of Jesus is a great way to undercut us. Are you with me? It's a great way to begin to get us to live defeated lives. We come out of the valley and we start to say, if you can, Lord, because I'm not quite sure if you can anymore. But Jesus speaks out to this father. He says, anything's possible for those who believe. And something strikes back into the heart of this father. And it says the father instantly cried out. Come on, someone needs to cry out to God again and say, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. That today, you know what some of the mountains that have formed in this place are? That there's mountains of unbelief that have stacked up against you because of some disappointments that you've been dealing with from your past. 
times with the Lord, times you've cried out, times you haven't seen it go the way you expected it to go. But the Lord wants to pour in. He wants to heal. He wants to help you overcome your unbelief. Jesus spoke the word over this child, and that child was set free. That demon was cast out, and that child lived again. He didn't die, and he had a brand new life because nothing's impossible. Jesus can do it time and again, even though there's been a million times or multiple times that we've seen things that maybe disappoint us or we haven't understood. We have to continue to come back and decide, do I still believe you are who you say you are, God? That's the faith that can lead us through the valleys. So when we're in the valleys, I want to give you a few things that we have to do that I think are so essential. And if you're taking notes, you could write these down. The first one is, I'm going to give you four things here. If you want to just be equipped for the valley, is we have to be willing to face our doubts and questions honestly. Here's the thing. I think that sometimes it can feel uncomfortable to talk about this stuff in church. Are you with me? Come on, I think you're just, you know, you know we got to just talk about positive things. We can only talk about the Lord and, and, and all of that. But sometimes if you're hurting and there's, there's those frustrations in your heart, the Lord is big enough to understand that. You can go to him in prayer. You can face him honestly with him. You can come and wrestle with the Lord. You can say, Lord, I, I need your help. Help me overcome this today. Lord, I want to believe, but I'm, I'm struggling today. Come on up, Pastor Rick. And so you come to the Lord with honesty, but also come to the Lord with humility. That's the second thing. Bring yourself to the Lord with humility. The greatest thing that we can miss often is that our mind and God's mind are not the same yet. We don't see everything the way that God sees it, and we don't understand everything the way God understands it. And so make sure that we don't allow pride to fill our hearts, that we know exactly how it was supposed to be, and we come to God and we, we try to almost rebuke him as if he's missed it because that's the only way we could see it. But we always maintain this humility before God. He's a mighty God. He, he knows, and we, we trust. Lord, I trust your ways are higher than my ways. I do not understand, Lord. But I come humbly. Here's my questions. Here's my doubts. Here's my fears. Here's what I'm feeling. The third thing, and this is where we start to miss it, this is where it starts to become undone for us, is you have to be willing to wait on the word of the Lord. Wait on his word to teach us. You know, I talked to a family, a precious family in their 90s. They've been attending Evangel Church like their whole life. And they've been used powerfully. God's moved in their lives and their parents' lives. And, and I was meeting with them this week, and they're homebound now, and they don't get out much and don't get to services, and they'll get to watch this uh, in, in not too long when it gets posted online. But I asked them this question. I said, how has your faith remained strong for all these years? I said, I'm going to be sharing this message on Sunday. And church family, I was burdened for for us. I was burdened for this body. I was burdened for many of us because I really believe that's in the valley of trouble that some of us, we may never make it out if we don't have a faith that can hold us in the midst of it. I said, I want to see us there at the end of our life, ready to pass into eternity and hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want to get to the end of my life full of bitterness and frustration and hopelessness, but I want to know what it means to trust God in the, in the great times and in the valleys in the wilderness experiences to have a faith that sustains me. And I said, so what'd you do? And they said, there are times that I was frustrated. 
There were times that I was angry. There were times I was disappointed, and I didn't understand what God did. I saw a lot of tragedy. She began to speak. She said, but this is what I always did. I always went back to the Lord. I always read the word of God. I always spent time every day in the word. And here's what I found time and time again is that God would always lead me to a verse, a passage, a promise, something that would address the very thing that was burning my heart. It was like it was just giving me bread from heaven to sustain me. Are you with me? We got to go back to his word. We got to go back to his word. We got to continue to look and just receive from him whatever he wants to show us. And as we come humbly, God's going to teach us and grow us. And the final thing is that we have to worship him no matter how we feel or what we see. I was talking to someone today. They walked right up to me. They had gone through an incredible loss in their life. And they said, this was the song we sang during the offertory time was the only song they could sing during those seasons of loss and pain. I will praise you in this storm. I will pray. Like they just had to praise. They didn't understand. They couldn't put it together. It was hard to show up. It was hard to pray. It was hard to do anything. But they continued to worship the Lord. Job, as everything's being taken away, they curse the Lord. He's like, no, I can't curse the Lord. I can only praise the Lord. He gives and he takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. There, there has to be an ability in us. If, if all we have, if the last ounces of strength you have in the midst of the valley, in the midst of the trouble, in the midst of the waters, lift your voice and praise God. Lift your voice and bless his name. Lift your voice and just continue to cry out to him. Even when you can't feel it, even when you can't see it, just continue to trust him. And you know what you're doing then? That requires faith, friends. I want you to know faith aren't the good feelings. Faith is trusting God. We can't see it or feel it or understand it. That's faith. And even with faith, we can cry out to him. Are you with me? We have to learn what it means to live by his promises, not his explanations. Are you with me? When we're a people, if we're going to take God at his word, then we're looking to his promises, not to his explanations. That's the why that keeps you in the valley. Are you with me? Say, Lord, I'm just looking to your promise. And I'm going to take hold of it even when I don't see it. I'm going to continue to trust you and hold on to you. And as you do this, you ready what God's going to give you? If you hold on to him, if you worship him, if you look to his word, if you continue to humbly come before him in prayer and asking and wrestling, he'll give you one of four things, I believe. One is perspective. Say perspective. Perspective is not just the answer to the why. Maybe. Maybe you'll get the why. But perspective is seeing things the way God sees them. It's his mind. It's his eyes. It's seeing through his heart, understanding differently. He'll give you a new perspective. God will begin to show you how all things work together for good for those that are called according to his grace and purpose. The second thing he he can give in these moments is peace. Say peace. He gives peace that surpasses our understanding. And that peace, the Bible says, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The third thing he'll give in these times in the valley, if if you call out to him, if you continue to worship him, if you continue to look to him, he'll give you provision, supernatural provision. Elijah found himself down in a ravine, ready to die, depressed. And it was there that God came and fed him from heaven. And God was showing that at your lowest point, I know what you need and I will sustain you if you'll allow me. God hasn't left you. The final thing, the greatest promise that God gives is he gives his presence. He, he came. That's what Jesus is, the great fulfillment of this prophecy we read earlier. Because Jesus is God with us. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. His presence is promised to be with us. 
If you think God has forgotten you today and you're all alone, you've forgotten who God is. He's a God who's near to you. He's a God who's come alongside of you. He's a God that will never leave you or never forsake you. So would you stand to your feet this morning? We're going to pray in just a moment. And as we pray, we're going to pray for three. There's three places you can go. There's three things that can happen in the valley from God's word. And none of them, God never says, I'm going to leave you in the valley. The valley has never been meant to be a destination. It's never been meant for that. So there's three things that I can find in God's word. Lord, what happens in the valley? What will you do in the valley? What promise do you have for us in the valley? The first one is this, that he can bring you through the valley. The Bible does not say in Psalm 23, and even though I go to the valley of the shadow of death, it does not say that. It says, although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. It's not a destination. It's a part of the journey. And he says, I will not be afraid because you're with me, Lord. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me and they protect me. Today, the Lord is willing to come near if you'll grab a hold of him today. If you'll reach your arms out again, if you'll take a step towards him, he'll guide you through the valley that you're walking through. The darkness that's been overtaking you, the sorrow that's been filling your heart, the Lord comes with his presence and says, I'm going to bring you through it. It'll be like a shadow. The second is he can lift you out of the valley. He can lift you right out of it today. He can deliver you completely. Psalm 40 verse 2 says, He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and out of the mire, and He set my feet on solid ground, and He steadied me as I walked along. So the Lord could do that right here today. We're going to pray for this. But here's the promise that I've asked the Lord for. This is what I've been asking. And this is the power of our God that moves mountains is not just that he can lift you out of a valley or bring you through a valley, but that he is the God that can transform the valley right in front of you. He can transform the valley that you're standing in and turn into something altogether different. Look what it says in Isaiah 40, verse 4. It says, fill in the valleys, level the mountains and hills, straighten the curves, smooth out the rough places. The Lord says, when the Lord shows up, It says, make straight the way of the Lord. When the Lord comes, he says, I'm the God who lifts valleys. I'm the God who lowers mountains. I'm the God who can smooth out rough places. I'm the God who can do it all. And his promise says in Hosea 2, verse 15, I will return her vineyards and I will transform the valley of trouble into the gateway of hope. For some of you today, this is what we need God to do that you've been in the valley and you're saying, Lord, whether you lift me out of it, whether you bring me through it, but Lord, why don't you come right now today and transform the very valley and turn it into a gateway of hope for me. God's ready to take some of your pain. He's going to turn into a platform for his glory. He's going to begin to take the difficulties and he's going to use it as a doorway to bring about his glory and his purpose being, being seen in this world around us. That's what we're going to pray for this morning. Come on, would you close your eyes? Would you lift your hands to heaven? Some of you today, you just need to receive this word. You need to hear the word of the Lord. You need to take hold of God's promise afresh and anew. Come on, for some of you today, you've been disappointed with the Lord, if you're honest. You've been frustrated. You've been doubting. You've not known what to do with the challenges and the difficulties. And today, today you've heard the word of the Lord and something's caught on fire again in your heart. I just tell you today, I tell you, grab hold of him again step towards him again. Run to the Lord. Some of you, you need to leave your seat and you just need to come to the altar today. 
You need not for me, but for yourself. You need to physically move yourself towards the Lord and just say, Lord, I'm, I'm stepping out of that old place and I'm stepping into a new place. So if that's you, just come out of your seat and just walk to this altar and just get alone with the Lord as I begin to pray. Some of you today, you need to take hold of him again. You just need to embrace the Lord's promises again. You need to put your hope and your trust in him again. You've been withholding it from him, but today he said, trust me again, praise me again, take me at my word again. So today, if you need to receive this and you're ready, you say, Lord, I need rescuing from the valley. I need transformation in the valley. If you're in that place of despair, if you're in that place where you just need God to come and do what only he can do, then I want you just to lift your hands high to heaven. We're going to pray for you today. Lord Jesus, we come before you in the mighty, matchless, powerful name that is above every name. The name, Lord God, that every knee would bow and every tongue will confess. The name, Lord God, that's higher and greater, Lord, than any sickness, any diagnosis, Lord God, any pain pain, any disease. Lord God, it's you we look to today, Lord God. It's you we trust in today. It's you we reach for today, Lord God. Lord, we reach with extended hands, not withheld, Lord God. We reach with extended hearts, not withheld. We reach with everything we are, Lord God, to you again. We put our hope in you, Lord God. This hope is an anchor, Lord God, for our soul. Hold us in the midst of the challenge. Lift us from this pit of trouble in this valley of despair. Lead us through it, we pray, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I pray today for someone, as they've heard your word, as they've experienced your presence, that you are doing a work of transformation. I ask today, in the name of Jesus, turn the valley of trouble into the gateway of hope, Lord God. Do the transforming work that only you can do. Lord, move in our hearts, lift our hearts, soften our hearts today. And as that happens, Lord God, Lord, I pray you'd re-embrace us with your presence. I pray you'd bring life, Lord God, where there seems to only be death. That, Lord, you bring hope where there only seems to be despair. That you will give joy again. Oh, Lord, would your joy, the joy of the Lord, become someone's strength again in your presence as we call on your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, would you just call out to the Lord if that's you? Would you just begin to speak to him? Would you begin to praise him? Would you just begin to thank him right now? Would you begin to ask him to fill you with that hope? Would you begin to ask him to fill you with that love again? Would you begin to ask him right now to do what only he can do? Come on, someone today, you haven't praised the Lord in a long time from the depths of your heart. Lift your voice to him right now. Cry out to him. Just praise him. Thank him. Magnify his name. Thank you, Lord, as well, Lord Jesus, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. We love you. We thank you. there's new songs filling the hearts of your children, Lord God. We thank you that you're the God who's delivering people even today in this hour, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, you're the God of the turnaround, Lord God. We thank you that you've just taken us into your word today for these moments, Lord God, and you've shown us again who you are. And Lord, we just combat the lies of the enemy, Lord God. The bitterness that's filled someone's heart, Lord God. Today, you're turning it sweet again, Lord God. Lord, the joy that's been robbed and killed and destroyed, you're bringing it back, Lord God. Lord God, those who have despaired, Lord God, hopes rising again in their hearts, Lord, because that's what your presence does. For those that have been bound in fear, Lord God, today, Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is bringing freedom and liberty, Lord God. We thank you and we praise you again. Lord, I pray today you'd mark us in your presence. 
And that, Lord God, you would strengthen our faith. It would be like an anchor for us. The hope we have in you. Lord, there's no trouble, there's no storm that we can't look to you through, Lord God. So lift our eyes again, Lord God. We cry out to you again. We worship you again. We honor you again. We thank you, Lord, in your precious name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Praise God.